How's everybody doing tonight? <laughs> Man, it's light up here. <clears throat> All right, well, uh, this was probably one of the hardest things I've ever done in my entire life. Uh, pastor asked me a few months ago to prepare a message, and uh, lo and behold, did I think that a few months would give me enough time to prepare something. Uh, but lo and behold, God had spoke to me this morning at about mm, a little after 5 o'clock about what I should preach on because I was really panicking. I had nothing. <laughs> so uh, uh, I was sitting outside. I was walking the pool as I usually do when I was praying, and uh, I saw the words foundation roll across my head. So I thought, okay, God, I'll just do a study on foundation this morning. So if you all would turn to me to Matthew 7, 24, we're going to get started tonight. I know most of you guys probably already know this, but this is just where we're going to start. So it says, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken unto him a wise man which built himself or his house upon a rock. Everybody say wise man. And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon the house, and it fell not, or it fell, and great was the fall. See, I had, uh, I went and studied out the word foundation. And in this saying, it says, unto a wise man. I thought, oh, a wise man. Well, where should we go with that? And how is a wise man established? Oh, well, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. So I had sought, oh, well, beginning. Oh, beginning actually means foundation. So it says the fear of the Lord is the foundation of all wisdom. And I thought, oh. Wow, that's a little different. But the foundation, the fear of the Lord is an established point of God. It indicates the beginning or the foundation of all wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. God has actually, he has called us to greater things. This is just an established beginning point. So, it takes a skill set to... Uh, build a foundation. And I found it interesting that God had actually used a foundation or wanted me to teach on foundations because that's actually my job. Uh, for most of you that know me, I pour concrete for a living. Uh, it's, it is what it is. I enjoy it. I get to spend time with my family, my dad, my brother. It's not the funnest thing in the world. It's not like I get up every morning and I'm like, ooh, I love pouring concrete. No, some days are actually kind of rough, and I just wish that I could go back to sleep. But I found it interesting that God had chose a foundation. And concrete is a, uh, they use it in houses when they build, when you uh, build the house on it, or a structure. We build steel buildings. We do, uh, we've actually done housing foundations. We subcontract it out. We do the floors. We do everything. But what had come to my mind was that, the foundation, when we pour concrete and you do work for, uh, say, a state job or a government job, that they send out these guys in white robes with hard hats on. It looked funny that you walked literally under nothing and they were hard hats. 
So they test the structural integrity of the concrete. They test the PSI, which is the pounds per square inch, how much weight that these houses or these structures can bear. And these, if they don't meet the certain requirements, the certain PSI, they get torn out. They have to be replaced. They have to be up to spec, up to par, up to code, or it gets replaced. So then you have to go back and redo everything that you just did because you decided to screw it up. So um, so uh, well, that's not in there, but uh, um, so these guys come out and they test the PSI, and if it doesn't reach the structural integrity, the building itself cannot sit upon it. It, it won't hold. It'll collapse under a certain pressure. But the reason they have these numbers is because that the building has to be able to withstand certain things. That concrete underneath there will hold and, and actually for the duration of its life the actual weight of the building and everything that it throws at it. They decide, you know, it has to be able to withstand the steel, everything that's inside of it, and also the storms that come. In everybody's life, we've all experienced a storm of some, some sort, some kind. Doesn't matter what it is, they come. We know, it just says it right here. But it takes, it, it takes an effort to dig the foundation in. It takes, you know, you go to Luke, no, no, yeah, Luke, it actually talks about, but the man who dug down deep, he dug deep into the soil. It actually took somebody's effort to get in there to dig the foundation in. And you can't piggyback on somebody else's labor. You can't piggyback on somebody else's well-being, somebody else's efforts. You have to lay your own foundation. So, so God just began to speak to me and show me these things this morning. And I thought, oh, well, that's, that's fantastic. You showed me something that I actually can talk about and not choke up on. So, so, uh, each and every individual has to build themselves a house. And it doesn't matter how great, how big, how fantastic this house looks, how elaborate you've decked it out with all the fancy appliances that everybody loves to have and, and the newest and greatest creations. If that foundation is not stable, is not up to spec, it doesn't matter. It's going to fall. So the storms decide, like the Bible says, the storms come. We all know that. We have to be able to establish ourselves upon a rock, or in this case, as I'm using, the concrete. The concrete is it's one of the hardest things you've ever tore out. We know that. I've, I've done it for years since I was 10 years old. My mom thinks that year keeps getting younger every time I do it. But I've done it for a long time. We know it. So, um, so when, let's go, I'm going to go with this real quick. So what had come to me was, if God would show up, how up-to-date is your skill or your craftsmanship? How up-to-date would it be? Would you be lacking some sort? Would there be a, a loophole in it? Did you not use the right materials? Did you cheapen it? Because God is looking for people that diligently seek Him. They're not looking for the, 
the, uh, the on-the-fence people. See, I, when that had come to me, I thought, oh, my goodness, that sounds like the lukewarm people Jesus is talking about. And that's indeed exactly what it is. Because guess what? If you don't build your house right, it's going to fall. And great of a fall it was. So, uh, the skill set, I, I, I looked up the word skill, and it's the ability to do something well. Expertise, the ability, the strength, a skill set. And a skill set is acquired through hours and hours and hours and hours of time of beating on your craft. Whatever it may be, whether you're a pipe fitter, whether you're uh, a construction worker, whatever it may be, it requires time. It requires your effort putting into it. You see, it took, I didn't just become overnight a skilled concrete finisher. It took me years and years and years of working on myself and watching somebody like my dad show me how to do it. My dad was, he was Honestly, in my opinion, the best. I might be a little bit biased, but it is what it is. So he showed me the proper way, the way not to cut corners, how to do it correctly. He showed me all the basics. So the foundation is is an important is it, well in an importance in everybody's life. You see, when you discern things, when you you can look at somebody's life and it may be fantastic on the outside and everything just seems so great. And you might be like, oh, well, praise God, you know, it's life's going fantastic. But really, underneath everything is just a uh, big fat lie. There's nothing there. You know, the house can be elaborate, but if there's nothing underneath it. See, when we used to work up in Toledo, what my dad did, they had sand up there. Sand is an absolute terrible base. Over the years, that house will come straight down and settle, and then you have all sorts of problems. So, but around here, you get hard clay. So you have something that's established. You have a structural point. So, um, so it's good to have that. But, uh, but there's actually, you know, in the industry that I have, you know, we've showed up on jobs, and I've seen people, seen work, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. That shouldn't be there. That's not how that looks. Anybody, anybody in here in a skilled trade, you show up to a job, and you've seen somebody else perform this job, and it has not been up to spec. And then you're there left fixing everybody else's mistakes. Like, oh, some people just need a little extra help. They have no business doing it on their own. They have to be able to be under somebody long enough to develop a skill acquired to fulfill it. And to do it right, it's, it's, it's a good thing to do stuff right and to be particular about it because it matters. It matters to God. He's, he, little things matter to him. So, um, lost my spot. That's nice. Sorry, as you know, this is my first time, so. <laughs> so it, uh, I'm working on it. 
but they're uh, going back to the people that they have. Uh, they shouldn't be doing things on their own, but it's a good thing to be under somebody because the Bible says that iron sharpens iron. We need to be around people that sharpen us. We have that opportunity here in the house to be able to continually sharpen ourselves, to hone ourselves, and to be able to get to where God needs us to be. You see, the structural integrity of a building, yes, the foundation is the beginning point, but it's not the ending point. You still have the rest of the house you have to build. You still have the rest of the Word you got to read. It's not just the end of it. you got to keep going. It's a day-in, day-out, continual seeking of God, putting off the old, putting on the new. To put off, yeah, it means to be clothed with every single day. God clothes me with righteousness and with holiness. But I have to continually put those on every day because God says I reward those who diligently seek me. God doesn't want the lazy ones. I mean, he wants everybody, but it's their choice. It's their choice if they can diligently seek him or if they decide to put other things first. Have a lot of distractions in life, a lot of things that decide to get in our way. But we say, oh, and I was one of them. I'll be honest, I was one of them right there. I said, oh, God, you know, I'll just, I'll spend time with you later. Facebook shows up. Everybody from uh, my age to my grandparents' age has Facebook. And half of them shouldn't from some of the posts I've seen. <laughs> but, but. But you still have the rest of the house that you have to upkeep. You still have yourself to continually work on. You see, when you build a house, it takes a whole lot of work. It takes a whole lot of effort and a whole lot of responsibility. But it goes a whole lot faster. It's a whole lot easier to destroy a house than it is to build it. It takes your skill set. It takes hours and hours of time. See, I'm in the middle of buying a new house. I'm in the process of it. And there's some remodeling that needs to be done. And it takes a lot of time. A lot of times that I really don't want to give up, but I want a nice house. Sometimes it's a sacrifice for each and every individual. I, have, I work at 7.30. Sometimes we leave at 6, so I have to sacrifice my morning time. I have to get up at 4 o'clock, 4.30, to spend time with God, but it's the priority in my life. God decides, or I decide that God is my priority, that I'm not going to waver. I'm going to stand strong. That was just it. I didn't have, a, there was no other variance. I didn't have time in the evening, and because of my own self, I knew that if I got home and sat down in that AC after a long day in 90-degree hot weather, I didn't want to read. I didn't want to pray. I wanted to sit there, kick back, and watch some TV. That's exactly what I wanted to do. I, I'll be honest with you. So I, I decided to sacrifice my sleep. Maybe some days I was grumpy. Well, ask my mom. She'll tell you the truth. She's black and white, and sometimes a little too black and white. But anyways... <laughs> Yeah, God was first in my life, and that's how God should be in each and every individual's life. We should put him first, not in ourselves or in ourselves so other people can see it. You know, other people's houses may fall, but they see you're standing. They want to see, well, well, what did they do different? They took the time. They took the effort, the hard work, the skill, the desire to push themselves to dig down and to lay the foundation, to put time into that foundation because it's important not to skip or to cut corners or to cut costs or whatever they decide to do, but to, to put the time in and the money and to do it. So 
But then there's the rest of the house that has to be built. You still you have the foundation, the importance of it, but the rest of the house has to be built. You have you have the walls, you have you have well, you start with the footers, you have the walls, and you have the base, and you have the rest of the house, and then you fill the house. But the house requires upkeep. It requires you to continually take care of it. If you leave your house for two, three weeks for a month, you shut the AC, the heat off, you shut everything down, you left, you come back, your house probably it's going to look a little different. Man, it's muggy in here. What's, why, why is there dust everywhere? Well, well there's mice that got in here because somebody left the back door open. You see, God requires us or wants of us our whole heart. He wants us to diligently seek him. Why? Because there's a devil out there. There's a devil out there, and he is trying to separate you from God. You see, Paul, even when he preached to the people, in Hebrew, he wanted, he explained to them the importance of not just being somebody that requires milk in the word, but somebody that could actually sit down and take the meat. You see, the milk is something easy that you can partake of. It's easy to drink. It's sweet. It's something delicious. It tastes good. But meat actually requires you to chew it up, actually to cook it, to prep it, to chew it up, to swallow it and digest it. It requires something of you. It's not just like, well, hey, mom, I want to drink. And then you get it. No, it requires you to do it. From the butchering process all the way to the partaking of it, cutting it up and eating it, dipping it in A1 sauce. It requires it. Paul explained it. Yeah, A1's pretty good. Some people like barbecue. I don't know. But it requires something of you. It requires effort. It requires putting yourself out there and saying, God, you're first, and I'll do what you say. See, I've done things my way. Before, it never gets me ahead of the game. I always am one step behind because God would have said, hey, do it this way. I said, oh, well, I'm going to try this first. I used to do it when I was younger all the time. I wanted to play football. I said, God, I'll, I'll play football. I'll be like that uh, Tim Tebow, and I'll go out there, and I'll, I'll proclaim your name in front of everybody. And, and I trained for it, and I got all excited, and then hallelujah, and, and I thought God wanted me to do it, and guess what? No. Shut the door right in my face. I said, oh, look at all that wasted time. Then I decided, oh, well, you know, I'm going to go into the military. thought Special Forces was going to be fun for me. Navy SEALs. Me and my brother talked about it for years. thought, oh, I'm going to do this. going to train for it. I'm going to put it on. Let's do it. I wanted to be the best. That's just how I was. Same with my brother. God shut that door, too. It's funny how God works. If I would have just sat down and said, okay, God, show me exactly what you want me to do, and I'll do it. See, God being first in your life is an importance because everything else decides to fall in around it. Everything else falls into place. When you have God first, whether it be a marriage, whether it be your family, whether it be whatever, if he's first, then everything else is going to fall into place because God has a reward of those who diligently seek him, and all things work together for good to them that, what? Love him and are called. You see, in having a proper foundation isn't just about yourself. It affects your whole family, too. You see, your family sees what you've done. They see the labor that you've put in. They don't mooch off it, but they understand that, hey, this is a process that my parents have taken, and look how they turned out. They sowed. They honored God first. They sought him. You see, I was one of the fortunate ones. I was raised. My parents were a great example. You know, my mom was a praying woman. She prayed me out of a whole lot of really bad mistakes. 
that I made. And I am very thankful for that. I thank you, Mom. <laughs> Praise you for it. God gave me my mom for a reason. Even though sometimes I disagree with her, it is what it is. But he did. And she knew what was best for me. But it affects your kids, too. They see what you do. You see, we have grandchildren. My sister has Cayman and Stella, and I noticed in Cayman because he's been around my family. My mom decided to babysit him a whole lot. She would uh, so much that it almost drove her crazy. I, I felt bad for her. And I thought, well, there's no hope for me and my kids because she's already wore out from Amanda's kids. So, so I thought, well, I'm going to have to hire somebody. Thank you, Amanda. But anyways, I, had no, I just kept hearing things. Because Cayman, he's a very intelligent little being, he, you know, a little creature. He just gets into everything. He's really smart. And, uh, you know, he walked into my sister's room one time, and uh, he looked up on the wall, and there's this kid, a picture of my sister's friend. And uh, he said, he's not with us anymore. Is he dead? And my sister said, well, yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, he went, went home. And Chloe's like, well, how did you know that? And he said, well, uh, well Jesus told me. And I thought, that boy's three years old, and he gets the concept of what God's trying to get across to people. I thought, wow, boy, do I have a long way to go. I'm 26 years old, and I thought, man, this little three-year-old's outdoing me and God. I spend time with him. No, but he gets it. He's like, I'm just going to, he knows the foundation. It's so easy a child can understand it. There's no reason to, to, to throw things out there we don't need to. Just stick to the word. Stick to the black and white. Don't add to it or take away. Read the end of the book. It's a bad thing. Don't do it. But it does. It affects your children. It affects your seed. It affects what's to come. Everybody sees what you do. They see your successes. They see your failures. And unfortunately, a lot of people like to emphasize on your failures and not your successes, which is a horrible thing, which we should all be successful. We should all pursue but, back to the original thing, I don't know why I got on a rabbit trail there, but it affects everybody around you. It affects your family. You know, see, see, uh, we weren't all perfect growing up. I was, I'd done crazy things. I, you know, I was, I was, you know, thanking God every day now that I had come out of what I did. And even my sisters and everybody else, it, 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 it all seems to look good. People would show up at church and say, oh, why is your family so put together and look so nice and this, that, and the other thing? And it's like, but let me tell you something. Just because it looks good, I've, we've been through it. I watched my parents lose pretty much everything they ever had. People thought, like, well, what's going on? They pretty much lost everything. But they never stopped tithing. They never stopped giving. They never stopped doing what God called them to do, and I noticed that. And I thought, wow, that sowed a seed in my life. That sowed a seed in my family's life. Didn't matter what the devil brought, didn't matter how hard the storm blew, my parents had a foundation that they laid before us, and I watched it stand. And that's in everybody's life. Because it doesn't matter how hard the winds blow. You see, that concrete, that base, it's designed for a specific reason. It's in d designed to bear the weight of the building, and it's designed to bear whatever's thrown against it. They, it. 
the designs actually they change. You go from nation to nation. You go from from state to state. They change. They have different elements that they have to adjust to. You know, you got the mountains out west. You have, you know, you go up high. You have, you get wind. You get a lot of snow. But you go you go to the ocean. Then you have to deal with tsunamis and whatnot, and waves and and heavier winds when the storms come. You know, you go through the middle of the state. Then you have Tornado Valley. But these these houses, these structures are built to bear and to endure. What it's going to, what's getting thrown at it. Just like when you, when you build yourself up, we have a foundation in Christ. You have a foundation in the Word, and when that foundation is founded on a rock, there isn't anything the devil's going to throw at you that you're not going to just stand. The Bible says when there's nothing you can do but stand, just stand. You see, the, be, the beginning of this year, I've, I've, I really haven't said this to very many people other than probably on a handful. Ever since Pastor asked me to preach, my life decided to, to go for a loop. I thought, oh, well, praise God, he asked me to preach, hallelujah. And then all of a sudden, it felt like hell itself opened on my door, and especially in my health. I'm 26 years old. I shouldn't have health problems. Nobody should have health problems. Jesus went to the cross for that. But it decided that the devil decided to try to come in and to, to deter my faith through my health. You can ask my parents. There was a nurse here, and I, it seemed to me that I saw her every single week. She's like, well, what's going on with you? One of my eyes decided to freak out and start dilating like crazy, and people thought I looked like a cyclops. Then I was out back. I was actually here coming to praise and worship. It was icy out. I slipped getting out of the car, and then Brother Ed was out there, and I went to go help him. I slipped and fell and popped my, my ankle. I thought I broke that thing. I was about to puke. I felt like after I got through these past couple months, I felt like I need to be on a Life Alert commercial. I thought, oh, my God, help me. But it didn't matter. It didn't matter. I, I remember I was, going to, I was getting ready to go to the hospital. Because I, I thought I broke it. That thing was purple, swollen up. And just go to the hospital. It's fine. And I prayed to her. I said, God, I'm healed. I'm not doing this. And everybody, just go to the hospital. I was like, okay, fine. I put my shoes on. I stood up. And God said to me, you going to trust me? I said, well, I guess so. So I started going back to my room. My mom said, where are you going? I said, Jesus healed me. I'm going to my room. Out. Come on now. But it did, man. And guess what? My healing came a few weeks later. I was perfectly fine. I stood on what I believed. I stood on the foundation that God had laid before me, and I didn't detour from it. It didn't matter that the storms had come. It didn't matter what that the devil decided to throw before me, even though I thought, oh, life's going pretty good. I, I, nothing seemed to be going bad. I was riding on a high roller coaster. Everything was just falling into place like it should be. But then it came. And because I'd built myself up, I spent those hours in the morning praying and fasting, sowing in for these times. I put, we put the work in. There's people in here that's put a whole lot more work than I have. They've been through a whole lot more than I have, and there they are still standing. It didn't matter. You see, it, it didn't matter. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to stand there during the storm. But guess, God, guess what? God designed us to do it. So it didn't matter what gets thrown our way. It didn't matter what comes our way. I designed you to bear the weight. I designed you to go through it. Didn't matter what he throws at you. You can do all things through Christ. Didn't matter. 
So, but the thing is, I'll probably just end up closing with it. Everybody's like, oh, praise God, he's done. Get, get to go to the buffet tonight. But storms come to an end. But the victory, when you come through it, seeing your house still stand, that lasts forever. And it makes an impact on everybody around you. So no matter what gets thrown your way, you know, this was a nervous, I was a nervous wreck until this morning. I thought, oh, my God, I don't have anything prepared. It was several months. And oh, here I am. I'm saying, God, I need something. God, give me something. But he did. But it didn't matter what's thrown your way. God designed you specifically for this time, for this season, created you in his image to bear anything that was thrown your to bear anything that was thrown your way, no matter what it may be, you have the ability to overtake it. We sing songs about it all the time, all the time. You know, the several of them that I sing about moving mountains and that God, God's our, God's everything. But it doesn't matter. God is already. We already have the victory. Stand strong and don't give way. So. Well, that was the end of that. So I hope you guys got something out of that.